Hey, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of Social Beauty Makers, the podcast, where every Sunday we'll bring you a fast-paced, powerful 15-minute conversation with salon industry masterminds. Plus, every Wednesday, I'll be back to talk tech trends and media trends and their connection to salons and those we serve. And to get started, I'm doing actually a a two-parter focused on 2023. This is part one. We're going to talk about where we are and where we might be headed. I'm Gordon Miller, your podcast host. Thanks for tuning in. And let's get started. So social beauty makers, first off, I'm starting something new. 2023 is a um, new life, new new business, new, new kind of focus for me. Those of you who know me from the past know that I most recently for the last five years was CEO and president of Hairbrain. I'm really proud of the work that I did there um, with Randy and Gerard and um, recommend that you go back and listen to the Hairbrain Conversations podcast. Got a huge library of past episodes that I did, close to 300. And um, George Scarpacey, co-founder of Hairbrain, will be continuing um, the tradition of Hairbrain Conversations. So go check him out as well. Social Beauty Makers, again, new project. It kind of inspired by the idea that small is is kind of the the new big and, and less in is more is a i think a great mentality to have in life and and in business because everything's so many layers that have kind of grown uh, you know over the years for most of us i think it's important every so often to kind of peel some of that back um i also think it's important to do small in a really big way so you can get attention you can stand out you know in the crowd and i think post pandemic i think a lot of consumers are looking for that small intimate powerful um connection with those that they do business with so um yeah, that's that's kind of mindset I have going into 2023 and, and starting out this this new passion project of mine. If you follow me at all on Instagram, I love to share quotes. I always have. I've been sharing them for probably 30 years, pre-social. Um, and my favorite of all time is by Wayne Dyer. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And um, again, just so powerful and, and has a lot to do with my shift in life. But I think it's important as we come through pandemic that we take every opportunity we can to kind of change up a little bit how we look at things and see if it can change the results of what we're doing. Coming through pandemic, I want to talk about some of the things that I've been hearing at the end of 2022, pandemic a little bit in the rear view mirror, maybe not totally for everybody. Um, and as we go into 2023, what some of those things might mean we've kind of come through a time of several years of extreme statements. And I think, you know, those are always worth questioning. And so some of the things I've been hearing is, you know, like everything has changed or nothing has changed or everything's about to change. And having done this for a long time, things change slowly in the industry. We saw a big shakeup during the pandemic, but I would argue not as big as people thought, not as many salons closed as many said in the beginning, not as many people left the industry as many said in the beginning. We had, we had losses and, and, and those, can be horrible, you know, for people who wanted to be part of this industry. So I won't discount that in any way. But the changes um, are more incremental than people want to, or or than people understand. Sometimes um, a lot of conversations about going forward. We need to all work the way we want. Charge what you want. I'm um, just saying no to tips. I'm saying all of that. Just look at where you are in life and career, and and make decisions based on that and where you're wanting to get to. Because um, sometimes when you know we're we're just starting out, those ideas are important to kind of wrap our head around, but it may not be the best way to get where you ultimately want to get. And so 
40 years into my career, I have a lot more flexibility than I did 20 years ago than I did 40 years ago, but things change with time. So I would say, you know, be cautious about that. On the whole tipping things, just in other tips, do the math, almost 25, 30% of most hairdressers' income actually comes from tips. And I think that's important to recognize. And known people who've never accepted tips going back 20, 30 years ago, nothing wrong with that. Uh, um, Whatever works for you, but just make sure you do the math if you're making a change. The big idea that everybody's an artist, everybody's an entrepreneur, we know inside the industry what we're all about, but we use different language sometimes when we're talking to clients or consumers or marketing ourselves. I said, so I would just say that, you know, how people look at us from the outside in, and it has nothing to do with, you know, respect or not. It's just, again, language and, and understanding. So just realize that people on the outside looking in may have a different way of, of considering what they are paying for. And I think we understand the artistry of the industry. Not all consumers do. And I think that's okay. So uh, important to consider. A lot of talk about retail being bad. E-commerce is the only way. All the statistics show that in-person purchasing has come back strong, um, as strong as ever. E-commerce boomed during the pandemic and introduced new way of buying to many people. It certainly has continued, but all the statistics shows that it fell dramatically after the pandemic, or again, maybe it's still with us a little bit, but but you know what I mean. It fell back down and actually the trend line from 2019 to today is is it's not different than what it would have been had there not been a pandemic. So yes, e-commerce, I'm a huge fan of it. I use it, been using it for years, um, but the majority of people still love shopping in person and um, Gen Z in particular, all the studies show that they love shopping and they, they look at sh- shopping as kind of a social thing. Um, clients, too much conversation about all clients suck. I hate that. Client bashing publicly, not a good thing. Client bashing in our own circle, you know, to talk about the frustrations, I think is fine. We do that at live events, but I do get frustrated and concerned when we have these bigger conversations on social media where everybody gets to listen in. I think if we're going to talk about it, we have to do it respectfully. My way or the highway, so much absolutism coming out of pandemic. This is the only way you can be. Your salon must be this way. All the rules, you know, that, that are being presented to so many people. And I think anytime anybody says it's my way or the highway, you know, this is the only way to do it. Unless we're talking about math or science, I would take a big step back and 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 just consider um, the source and um, and realize there's many ways to get to the same outcome. And haircutting is the best way to understand that big idea. And then lastly, independence is a new normal. Um, it's been a, a normal part of the industry for quite some time. Going back 10 years ago, it was close to 35% of the industry. Now it's like 42%. Again, many ways to be a professional in this industry, to have a, to be a business person. It's not a one-size-fits-all uh, industry. And that's one of the great things about the industry is that we can do things in a way that fits best our lives. And I know people in every category of business model who are having success, who have satisfaction. And again, I think, you know, this absolute is, is a concern. 2023, uh, prognostications, like what, what's, what's coming up? I think importantly, it feels like another year of opportunity. 2022 was a great year of opportunity for so many. And I'll I'll share some thoughts on that in a moment. Um, Coming through pandemic, what we saw in many ways was kind of a pruning of the proverbial tree. Painful for many, would would not in any way say anything to dishonor those who, who felt that pain. It was a difficult, difficult time for so many, including some great friends of mine. But at the end of it, Less professionals, less salons means more opportunity for those who have managed to stay in the business. And I think that explains some of what we're seeing in terms of great performance across the industry. Um, Best practices coming through pandemic, again, not much has really changed other than proof points of what already we knew had been working. Um, Because again, um, 
these best practices have been with us for decades and the tools have changed. How we cut hair has changed. How we finish hair has changed. How we deal with clients by way of old school phones versus cell phones, social media versus you know mailers. It's all changed, but at the core, it's, it's the same sort of stuff. What's most interesting to me about pandemic is it feels like it gave a lot of folks permission, quote unquote, to change, permission to raise prices. We've struggled with price increases forever. I've never seen the kind of price increases I've seen the last two years, and it excites me. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled to see us get closer to where we need to be in terms of our prices. So I think that's a great thing. And pandemic gave us permission. I think the same with schedules and boundaries and some of those issues I mentioned a moment ago, to have that permission to do what so many have done. I've known so many over the years who have made their own schedules, who have a real sense of boundaries, who don't take crap from clients. It's it's not a new idea. It's just that, again, maybe a lot weren't taking advantage of the idea. And so again, I think there's some permission and I think that's you know really, really interesting. 2023 is, uh, looking back at 2022 as a jumping off place, great year for so many uh, salons, professionals, brands, distributors, schools, um, which have been overflowing. The economy for our industry was great. If you don't believe that, look at the stock reports of some of the bigger companies and how well they've done um, in the professional space. And I think uh, it's a a sign because, of course, their customers are salons. So I think that's really, really interesting. As we move forward in this year, big concerns about inflation and recession, a couple things to say about that. Inflation is not the same for everybody. I think that's really important to say. And we think about inflation, that personal inflation is not the same as, as, as business inflation, very, very different ideas. Um, and if you're a salon owner, I know that your staff probably has a different inflation you know, against their salaries than you do as a business owner. Um, inflation also affects us differently based on our personal incomes. You know, Those who have the most have actually the lowest rate of inflation. Um, and actually, I read a study recently that the, the wealthy, a lot of their inflation has netted to zero because they're buying things at, at different rates. Whereas those who have the least in America have the highest rate of inflation by far. And we, we know that by all the data. Um, so think about your clients when you think about inflation and what's happening with them as your, as your clients, because, of course, they're considering it. Um, and then, of course, looking at, at your own business. Um, and best advice I'm hearing from smart business minds is... And I've heard this for years, but A, cash is king. Um, it's so important that we have cash reserves. We, we, I think this was reinforced as we came into the pandemic. Those with, with good reserves had an easier time than those without. Um, and I'm hearing again as people are big businesses and small are looking at, at what's ahead, a lot of unknowns, um, that really kind of reconsidering spending, tightening belts up a little bit because of the unknown is a smart thing to do. Prioritize building cash reserves, also a smart thing to do. And that applies to our personal lives, our professional lives, you know, and, and of course, our, our businesses. What I'm hearing from, again, talking to people throughout the industry, it's uh, pretty darn consistent. And I talk to people every single day from all categories um, or over time, people from all categories. And I talk to hairdressers who are working in salons, different business models, as well as owners. And I'm hearing service revenue up 10, 20% um, over 2019 for many. Some, it's over 2021. It's very consistent in my conversations. Um, Salons telling me what a great year they have. Talking to professionals, tips remain very high percentage-wise for many. Um, More, uh, I would say the majority of people I talk to say that tips remain high. And, um, you know, that's interesting uh, because it, uh, who, who knows when that may shift, but I, I think it's just a sign of we are in an interesting and, and time filled with opportunity. Retail, you know, I'm hearing so many salons who are serious about retail. And again, most are not. 
And most don't understand that retail is its own kind of business model. And you have to, there's best practices that go with it that are very different than anything else we think of the salon. So those who do it well, talking to folks who are up 15 to 20%, you know, over 2019. So I think that's exciting. And again, most of that's happening in salon, not online. And there is no great example of, of tremendous success in e-commerce in the professional beauty industry, professional to salons. I mean, enough that say that we're in a, a so-called trend, if you will. Pre-booking is up, I'm being told by professionals. Uh, and what they're hearing is that people value those appointments. They want to make sure they can get in. And smart pre-booking is a good thing. It's been around forever. And I know so many people who've successfully pre-booked, but they understand the need to leave not pre-book every every slot. You know, they might go 70 or 80%. So they have room for new clients. So they have room for change. Again, a lot of best practices have been proven forever. These are not new things. Scheduling behavior shifts, which are exciting because there's been so much talk coming out of pandemic is, hey, you know, we don't necessarily want to spend our Saturdays in the salon. Um, having said that, I know a lot of people who love spending their Saturdays in, in the salon for all kinds of reasons. But clients who are working at home are coming in midweek, midday often. Um, so appointment patterns are changing and sounds like they're changing for the better. And people want to be in kind of less rushed, less crazy environments. And they're taking advantage of the flexibility they have in their lives. Um, online booking um, is up. Texting is up. It's still a minority, but but it's but it's happening. And that's exciting. Um, Square, the... Um, the payment system platform, they do a lot of survey work of their customers and a lot of salons use Square. So interesting to look at what they've said about trends. Fascinating, actually. And and their customers, of course, are using technology, which only about 41, 42% of the industry uses tech in terms of, of, of booking platforms, to be more, to be clear. I think more than that are using payment systems. But I'll talk about this more next time, too. We have seen a lot of people swinging back towards cash in the salon. Uh, that's a concern because um, some are doing it, you know, kind of as a way to avoid taxes. And that's, that's always a concern, I think. But um, Square is saying that a social media is definitely continuing to really work and, and build businesses. That's important. Um, conversational commerce, a new term um, that's um, commerce by way of texting. I love texting. I, I'm now buying things by way of text. Um, a lot of beauty brands, professional brands are, promoting their brands and selling by way of text. And so that's a that's a big shift and it's going to be a growing shift that we all should be paying attention to. Um, and again, they, they talk about this, what they call the omni-channel booking experience, which is meaning, which means, you know, let people book the way they want to and offer enough variation in how you allow people to book to, to maximize your customer base. To that point, they've, through their work, have shown that 25% of consumers require online booking to go to a salon. Um, or they'll go somewhere else. And so that's interesting. So digital offerings, such as booking, can help us on find a new audience. I think that's really fascinating. Lastly, from Square, many clients are looking for a more comfortable experience. I love this because it's not about safety per se, according to the survey, and I'll use myself as an example. A lot of us coming through pandemic went, you know, this less crowded thing is actually nice. We want to get back to normalcy, but I don't want to be in a crazy busy restaurant. I love restaurants, but I want to be in a more chill restaurant now. I don't want to be in crowded too many things. And it's a behavior change that is exciting for many of us and drives us to um, businesses that kind of fit that or maybe times in your schedule that fit that where it's just not as crazy and crowded. And that could be a good thing and can also separate you from your competition if it's something you offer in terms of the way your business is set up and, and something that clients can get excited about. So some final quick thoughts. 
again, in, in, in spite of recession talks, it looks like a great year of opportunity for salons. But again, it would pre- I would suggest that everybody be a little cautious about the, the coming economy. Always, I think it's important to look at your cash reserves and do everything you can to build them. But today, perhaps more important than, than most times because of the unknown ahead of us. Sweet growth, I, I want to talk about that next time. I, I think it's going to slow down significantly if the market acts rationally. We And we did have a lot of irrational decisions to move into suites by professionals who maybe weren't quite built to be entrepreneurial or to work on their own. And I think you know we're, we're seeing huge turnover in suites across the country right now. So that'll be interesting to talk about. But the coaching category has been overbuilt. It's, we're going to see it shrink up some. Love coaches, I, I think they're so powerful if you have the right fit you know, between you and a coach. And you have a coach that's truly competent, but I think we're going to seriously see this contract. Again, those are some things we're going to talk about next time. Um, Also, um, again, kind of just dig into the weeds a little bit more about some of the coming changes in the larger world that will affect our industry. I want to wrap up and say, first of all, thank you for for listening in. I want to encourage you to to give us a visit over at www.socialbeautymakers.com. There's a free newsletter you can sign up over there for, and it'll give you a weekly kind of insights of what's happening in the tech world. Currently really thinking hard about artificial intelligence and what it means for the industry. And I think it's going to mean a lot for the industry. We'll talk about more of that next time. And uh, again, in part two of my take on 2023, and it'll be out actually on um, the 11th of January. If you're just now listening to this, we're not quite there yet. If you are past the 11th, when you get to hear this, know that it's in our library. And again, if you like this episode, I hope you will help spread the word and and share it with others. Um, And same with the newsletter. And I appreciate that so much that you would even consider such a thing. And so um, lastly, wow, 2023, number one, uh, new business and life for me, a a, a double wow. And um, lastly, um, I'm Gordon Miller. And um, you've been listening to the Social Beauty Makers podcast. And I can't wait to share again with you next time. 